This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. And we've also got Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Everybody's here today. This is fun. Uh, now, now I see uh, through our little Skype thing that we got going on here. Um, so, Pam, you already you have a shirt on representing your company this morning. Jeff, do you? Oh, absolutely. Right. Good for you. You guys buy enough. Okay. Today on the show, you know what? We're going to be doing all DIY questions for you to call in. Number call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Also, I want to remind you that Fix It 101 re-airs every Saturday at 9 a.m., right before the Gestalt Gardener, which comes on at 10. How are you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. Waiting for the rain. Wait, yes, yes, waiting for the rain. If you don't already have it, waiting for the rain. Well, we just put in uh, two houses of landscaping inside, so we probably won't get any rain. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> you need to get ready for a slab pour. Yeah, bone yeah, right. dry. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, very good. So, so what did you guys work on this week? Uh, Pam, go for it. Well, I had, uh, when the weather cools off, I have a holiday where I go into my shop and clean it up. It's very exciting. Oh, my I gosh, Pam. All the, I, I, mm. I fire up that uh, shop vac. Ruh, ruh, ruh. Really? And I get all the leaves and I get all the sawdust because I give my, per, myself permission all year to make a mess out there. And then the first day of cool weather in the fall, I hit Really? I turn on my music. I get out my blower. I organize all my. Pam's going to have a party. I know she. You're so organized. So exciting. You're it so responsible, so Pam. That's very <laughs> responsible. I I I tend to just close the door to my room and not go in there when I don't need it, and that tends to work for me. If you can't see it, it's not a problem. Right? What what room? So, right, Jeff? Well, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you about this project, though. Okay. So, something that made me very, very happy. And, Jeff, you're going to love this because I know how much you hate garbage disposals. So, I had company last week, and I don't know. I think they might have put the cat down in there because, I mean, that sink got so clogged <laughs> up. It was awful. And so, I, I was standing there staring at it, and I thought, well, I'm just going to text my plumber. I'm not even going to try to do this. Well, I texted him, and he's on the beach. I was right. like, great. You're on vacation? Really? So I started you know my pots makes? of water. And I boiled maybe 10 gallons of water and poured it down that drain. And when it would sit there, then I would take my Dawn washing, you know, liquid and pour it down the drain. And it took about 10 gallons. And then all of a sudden it just went whoosh. And I did a little jig there in the kitchen. I was so happy. <laughs> wow, you, that's fantastic. Uh, Jeff, hang on just a second. I'm going to get to what you did, but that's funny you say that because we had, uh, my wife asked me this weekend specifically, hey, the downstairs shower just will not drain quickly. And I thought, okay, so I'm going to get after this thing. 
Well, and it finally dawned on me, I've never tried a very particular way of cleaning a shower drain before. I've tried it on all the other drains. I've just never tried it on the shower before. But let me tell you, uh, when I started using a plunger on the shower, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. I just used the plunger. I guess I pushed everything through or whatever. I, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, all the water's gone. And it was just using a plunger. And then it was funny. I went online after that and re- did not realize, and I'm, I'm being s- completely honest here, didn't realize how many different types of plungers there were in the world. Like the ones that you used to see on uh, Warner Brothers and the Bugs Bunny, that's not the plunger for your toilet. I don't even know if you know that. So anyway. Um, the and wasn't it exciting when that water went down? Oh, man. Like, yeah, it's like I don't have to worry about it anymore. So anyway, that that that's kind of weird. So Jeff, what'd you get into this week? Well, um, what did I do this week? I'm really playing catch up, to be quite honest. You had some damage on the coast. We we had no damage, but we had oh. a lot of preparation, a lot of cleanup and stuff. Well, just just prepping, you know, because we thought the storm was coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we had to move the boat, and and that's not an easy task when you do that. And um, so there was there was you know a solid day of moving the boat, prepping, and then undoing everything and move the boat back. So while that's going on, my team in in madison is is running the company they did a very good job so um wow i've I've been extremely lucky i got back everything was was like it's supposed to be so we're all back to normal now good for you how's it feel be no longer needed well you know it was sad at first but i've got a smile now yeah there you go (laughs) All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Wanted to wrap up a couple of emails that we got last week real quick, okay? We got an email last week about a gentleman that was getting new windows. And uh, he was a little worried because he knew the outside of his home, uh, the siding was asbestos. Uh, which is not unusual, not uncommon, especially for uh, mid-century homes that were built. Um, and he was wondering about uh, what sort of precautions he may need to take or what uh, his contractor may need to take to make sure that everybody was safe when working with this material. Jeff talked to him about how this material is is removed. But remember, uh, the, out, the siding is just on the outside of the house. It's not on the inside. But anyway... Um, Karen sent an email back and she says, hi, ladies. <laughs> promise you it says that it does. Hi, ladies. Okay. Right. I talked to my contractor. Like y'all said to, I told him my house is coated with asbestos and wanted to know what he will do to keep him and me see safe. I mentioned masks plastic sheeting, special dumpster. He said the outside won't be affected since all the work except caulking will be done on the inside. In other words, he doesn't feel like any protective measures need to be taken. Should I feel good about this? Thank you so much, Karen and Greenwood. 
Uh, thoughts, guys? Well. Don't all go at once. <laughs> I'm going to let the contractor take it. Yeah, go for well, it, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they've ordered the windows with no nailing fins. So he's exactly right. You can put that window in from the inside, remove the interior trim, uh, run your screws through your jam liners. And um, as long as there's no nailing fins, then you should be good to go. Caulk your window up on the outside. He's he's a, he's a, a 100% correct. Okay, good, good. Fantastic. So, That's a good follow-up. I'm glad that happened. Um, let's go to the phone real quick. No, let's not do that just yet. Let's keep moving. Uh, got another email uh, about what is the difference. Now, we talked about cupping floors last week, and that got a lot of action on Saturday. So I've got a question here for you. Uh, what is the difference, issue-wise, uh, Jeff, you've mentioned this several times, when the flooring's edges come up, like cupping, rather than bowing, and what companies or types of companies are recommended for fixing this problem? Uh, Jeff, what what does it mean when the edges are coming up on the floor? Uh, if the edges are coming up, you have moisture above the floor. If it is, If the middle is is bowing up you have moisture under the floor okay uh that that should be in in folks if if you're having cupping uh so think about that if you're having cupping on the boards meaning that the ends of the boards are curling up that's coming from the top not the bottom which means it may be a uh, a humidity issue in the home of something uh issue of that nature okay so another one she said uh, the paint on the door and window frames near the air conditioned vents is peeling is that related to my floors cupping i'm gonna guess it 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 sounds like she's got a lot of humidity in that house yeah yeah Yeah, ac is not uh that or right or an insulation problem um Is that the hundred-year-old house? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to look at that. I've, I've got to call them after the show. Yeah. All right. Uh, I appreciate it. Number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go ahead and take a quick little break. It's time for us to take our first break. When we look at tips for uh, dealing with your home after a flood, we're going to look at some of those. Also, uh, how to safely reenter. Uh, lots of stuff going on, but we want to answer your. DIY questions. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspector Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. 
That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, got some folks on the phone. We're going to go to John first, uh, Baldwin. Uh, John, what's going on? Uh, good morning, Jason. Um, I'm hoping that you and Pam and Jeff might have some advice on uh, hurricane damage. Um, uh, we got hit kind of hard, and a uh, tree came over, big branch came over, and landed on my roof. Did <sighs> not do any damage, but I hired uh, a tree crew to come in and remove that stuff because it would have taken me a month. Right. And uh, as part of the process, they brought in a little tracked bobcat. So the backyard, uh, the lawn is a disaster. Can you recommend how to address, you know, a uh, sometimes green, sometimes brown, muddy lawn with all kinds of tracks in it? What do you do? Wow. Um, is it is it like topsoil or is it clay-like or sand? I'm afraid it's kind of clay-like. Oh. All right, so uh, that's why we have pros here, Jeff. Yeah, it's 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 quite simple. I know it looks bad right now. Um, you're going to want to get a a um, small tractor or by hand simply smooth the tracks back out because all all they've done they've taken the the dirt that you had in your yard and put impressions in it. So you're going to smooth that back out by taking the the raised part of the dirt, throw that back in the hole. You may end up bringing in a little bit more dirt, a little bit more sandy soil, and smoothing that out, and then either put sod back on top of it or, uh, or it. you know, depending on what kind of grass that you have. Okay, it's it's a mixture of something and weeds, right? <laughs> and no, I, yeah, I get it. Um, Does that sound know, doable, I, John? Hello. Does that sound doable to you? I mean, is that something that you feel like you can uh, tackle? Maybe not a, a tractor. This would probably uh, have to be done by me by hand. And uh, of course, Rob. Sally dumped so much rain that the soil was perfect for making impressions of your tractor. Right. Yep. Now it's yep. nice and packed in since it's dry. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You may want to wait a few days. The The rain, you know, will eventually come, and that might be a little easier to work with after after it just rains, you know. I mean, uh, after it dries a little bit, but it will be wet. But I think the packed clay is always difficult to work with. Uh, would you know, a you could... do it of some kind? I'm sorry? Well, no, I really don't like a roller. You could go rent a little bobcat, a, a uh, walk behind bobcat. It's got a little bucket on it. You could you could rent that. That hmm. would help you. Um, but but just go to your you know your local rental store and and uh, see what they have. You need a you need a either hand shovel or some sort of little piece of equipment that you can move that dirt with. Okay. Thank you very much, Dan. Thanks, John. We appreciate sure. it. Let's keep on moving. Jason's uh oh, okay. Jason's on the phone and Jackson, what's going on, Jason? Yes, how are y'all doing? Uh love your show. Thank and you, thanks sir. For taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um I was wanting to get a, a recommendation of a licensed either contractor or consultant who who could guide 
uh, me and my family in a suitable person who could come out and do an assessment for uh, a family who would want to age in place in their home. Okay. Well, you know what, Jason, you've called the right place. And, 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 uh, Jeff, before you give me your business card, tell us, <laughs> tell us, hey, about me? right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, you I, know trust, what? I trust both of you. Right. So let me tell you, um, uh, there are some very specific things here, but I do want Jeff to speak to what sort of certification uh, or what sort of education goes into what you're talking about. Aging in place is not just somebody building a different ramp so right. uh, uh, tell us about that jeff and or pam since you also do it well uh pam aren't you cap certified as well no uh-uh. no okay. i've got all i'm there, a contractor and all that kind of stuff but you. i've never gone for that particular certification there, so i'm going to defer to you on that there are a few cap certified contractors in your area and what does that mean caps CAP stands for Certified Aging in Place Specialist. Okay. So that's, a, that's a big, long word for we, we have been uh, trained in uh, aging in place. So it's, it's somewhat specialized, and uh, you're definitely on the right track. Uh, and, it, and it's... These things I'm talking about are not extremely expensive, but mm-hmm. the contractor needs to sit down with you and your family. And the most important thing, discuss the current needs, but also look out in the future. Exactly. Let's just say, for instance, one of the parents or one of the individuals in the home, uh, their their eyesight is okay right now, but we know in the future it's going to start progressively getting worse. Well, there's things we need to do now that, you know, five, six years down the road, um, their, their eyesight is not going to impede them to live there. So, right. meaning, meaning all the floor needs to be the same color. We need to, you know, take care of trip hazards, make everything a lot easier to see. Sure. Right. So there would be structural and uh, just day-to-day little things that you would Pro- point out, I guess. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, if their hearing is getting bad, let's get a doorbell with a light on it. There's a lot of things we can do. Yeah. And uh, Jason, it's been explained here that it seems to be a combination. Obviously, they're going to do anything regulatory that needs to be done. But it's really it sounds to me like a a set of best practices uh, for the home. You know, uh, whether you're using a lever sort of doorknob instead of a a ball or something of that nature. Great, great. So basically, I would I could. Email you and get your contact info. You can since you're a contact a certified uh, aging in place <laughs> person. Just I would go Google CAPS in Jackson, Mississippi, and might pull up some, some people. You can do that, or you can call Board of Contractors or call um, the Home Builders Association of Jackson, and they okay. can recommend. That's fantastic. All right. Well, I sure do appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I know a contractor that does that. All right. (laughs) Uh, 
So let's uh, keep going. Uh, Ronnie's on the line in Olive Branch, and he's got a question about uh, window replacement with a brick house. What's going on, Ronnie? Oh, feeling pretty good. I've got uh, an older house, probably 40 years old. Uh, it's in good shape. It was well built. But they look like they've got pillow windows in mm-hmm. it that, that crank out. And the two that are at my garage, the bottoms are just rotted to the point that I know they're going to come out. And uh, what's involved in removing those and putting them back, putting in new ones? Is that a per- I'm sure it's a pretty big ordeal. I, um, I've been in construction most of my life, all of it. And, uh, it, but I've, those are something I don't, I've never fooled with. I'm not wanting to do it myself. I just wanted to get a little information on what it takes to get it done. So get it done. Do you mean to replace the window itself or to replace that or to fix that issue? No, to replace the entire window. I know that they're rotted. Okay. The way they're designed, that they're, they're going to have to be completely replaced from what I'm seeing. You, you know what, uh, he, Jay, it's Jason, correct? It's Ronnie. I'm Jason. Ronnie. Nice Ronnie, to meet you. I'm sorry. Ronnie, you're, you're, you're exactly correct on a casement window, and that's what you have, a crank, crank out window is a casement window. That bottom seal runs all the way through that window opposed to a single hung or a double hung, we could just replace the seal. So with that being said, that window has to come out. You said it was in brick. You also said it was a Pella. And I think you said you live in South Haven. Actually, Olive Branch. Olive Branch, yeah. Olive Branch, fair enough. There is a Pella dealer in Memphis you will want to go back with a Pella window, call your Pella dealer, let them come out and measure the window and order it for you. You are going to want to order that window one quarter inch smaller than your tightest opening. So you'll measure from the top, middle, and bottom. And once you find that tightest opening between brick to brick, take a quarter inch off of that window and order it that way. It is, it is not difficult to remove that window and you will order your new one without a nailing fin. Are you saying measure the outside from brick to, uh, from yes. not the inside, yes. just the outside outside. Yes, sir. Okay. And wherever the tightest opening is, cause that brick is not going to be perfectly <laughs> straight. Yes, take I a know. quarter inch off of that measurement and that's what size you want to order that window okay jeff before we move on why did you uh suggest that he replace pella with pella well because the rest of his windows are pella Mm -hmm. everything needs to match Mm -hmm. and um pella is one of the only window manufacturers they have weird sizes it's oh, going to okay. be very difficult to find a window that's going to fit that hole. And uh, obviously, you don't want to start reframing and re-bricking, and, and then it won't match the rest uh, of the windows in the house. Now it makes sense. No, okay. Uh-uh. So yeah. proprietary measurements on those windows. And That makes a um, lot of sense. Unfortunately, um, you're going to... Uh, you're going to write a check now. This is not going to be... Uh, this is going to be a little expensive. 
Um, I'd already figured that out. Okay. Uh, right, right. So, <laughs> All right. But, hey, it's, it's, it's still doable. Get you a licensed contractor in your area that is not a difficult job. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Ronnie. So I know what to be looking for whenever I'm doing it. That was my question was. That's uh, right. Should that's, I go with it right. or Pella or, or something else? But And I thought that what you were telling me to go with a Pella, but I just wanted to make sure that I was uh, on the right track. Yes, sir. And Thank you. Yes, sir. You are. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to move sir. on, Ronnie. Have a great day and good luck with your project. Debbie's on the line in Florence, and uh, this I got to hear. Has a, uh, Debbie's got a comment about those bobcat divots in the yard that were left from bringing a tree down. What's going on, Debbie? Hi. Um, I had the same issue that the gentleman that called earlier had. Mm-hmm. You know, the bobcat came in and just tore the yard up. And that wonderful clay soil that we have. Right. And I just took a little manis tiller, just a little bitty tiller that you can use. And just busted it up. Like a little garden tiller? Yeah, like a little garden tiller. And just, you know, broke up the surface and then just took a rake and smoothed it right back out. Sprinkled a little seed out there, threw some hay on top of it, and you can't even tell there was ever a big machine in it. Wow. That sounds almost too easy. Yeah, it was, actually. Okay. (laughs) I think that's a better suggestion than ours, which was to buy heavy equipment. So. Yeah, well, that was the whole problem is the heavy equipment <laughs> right. made the mess. Right. <laughs> All right, Debbie, I, thank you. That was a fantastic, fantastic uh, idea. Let's keep going. We're going to go to Jane and Brandon. And, uh, Jane, what's going on? Well, I have a deck question. A deck question. All right, go for it. All right. Our deck is very old. It's about 20 years old. Mm-hmm. It's raised from the ground by at least four feet. And when we installed this deck, which is large, we had wonderful wood that did not rot. But over the years, we've had to replace some of the wood. Right. And when we replace the wood with our pressure treated and stain it, it rots almost immediately again. So the new boards don't hold up like the old boards do. And I was told that now the chemicals that go into pressure-treated lumber mm-hmm. are different than when we did 20 years ago. In fact, they used arsenic. I was about to say, that's probably a good thing, to be honest with you. We've not <laughs> yeah. always been the greatest responsible people in uh, building products. So. Right. So I guess it's the lack of arsenic that we're having to replace all this wood. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, I do know the two people on the on the show here work with a lot of rotted wood and stuff that has to come out. Uh, any thoughts, guys, on new to old wood or what might what might be going on? She she is one hundred percent correct. The pressure treated wood we buy today um, is not as good. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to say that. It doesn't last as long. Right, yeah. Good is relative here. Yeah, that's mm. right. Now, now there is another alternative. You could go to a synthetic product and then right. you you will not you will not replace that 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 deck board again once you go to synthetic. Right, that's the uh, infused with cement or Well, no. Yeah, the synthetic I'm talking about is more of a plastic. Oh, right. Really? The, yeah. The, 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 
the concrete infused is uh, more of a hardy or some some product like that. This one is uh, Trex, isn't it? Or a brand? That is that is one name. There are some other synthetic products out there that are a little bit more reasonably priced. Trex is a great product, though. Ah. Uh. Okay, but yeah, it's, I, I think as I'm replacing board after board, you, you know, individual boards, I might go with Trex. I would. Yeah. I, I, I would go with a synthetic product and just replace all of them, bite the bullet. It's going to cost you a little bit money up front, but you, you know the old saying, pay me now, pay me later. Um, right. It's, it's uh, you pay a little bit more up front, but you're done. Great. Okay, well, I think my main question was, was I imagining that the new wood is inferior, or I guess we can't say bad. Well, yeah, um, I, but, it, the fact of the matter is there's been some chemicals that we can no longer use in this country. It was causing health issues and environmental issues. So from that aspect, it's a good thing, but the curse or the other side of that coin is the fact that our wood is not as as ground contact worthy as it used to be i understand and i'm gonna make a note about trek and maybe go that route probably will all right jane thank you very much we appreciate it i appreciate you all so much thank you all right thanks keep coming back All right, folks, uh, it's time for us to take our next break. When we return, we're going to answer more of your home improvement projects and share tips on some easy fall projects that you can uh, complete on a cool weekend afternoon. Gosh, just the idea that this past week has not been horrific as far as temperature goes has been so wonderful. I've just enjoyed myself so much in this past, like, week or so because it's not been horrible. And then you go out in the morning or in the afternoon, actually kind of nice out. All right, so here we go. Join the conversation this morning. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our public media app, MPB Public Media app. Just look it up that way, and you'll find it. So uh, let's keep on going. And before before uh, we go to – well, do we want to go ahead and go to Kathleen? Yeah, let's go to Kathleen and Cycle. What's going on, uh, Kathleen? Nothing but your great show, dear. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, as an obsessed listener, I've learned a lot from you guys, and this is directed to the guy who's having those divots in the yard. Yes. The most concise way, if he can't do it himself or he has a problem doing it himself, which is the easy way, you know, where you dig it up and you fill it and rake it out, okay? Right. Go to a landscaper. They deal with these sort of problems all the time. And this could be a perfect opportunity for this man 
to design a yard that doesn't have grass to cut as much. You've been listening then, to Gestalt Gardener, haven't you? Yes, I do. I'm right. sorry. And I also listened to the medical show yesterday where they talked about growing food. Right. Which is all put together. You can put in plants or ground cover that you can use. You remember in the, quote, old English days when they showed you pictures of this beautiful lawn and it was just seemed like forever. You want to go, how the world did they do that? They used carpet pine or I think it's carpet chamomile, too. And it only grows five, six inches. And when you mow it, you can pick it up and use it in your your tea or your, your coffee seasoning for the time. But it creates a lawn that is usable. And in certain areas where there's not a lot of foot passage, he could build a little garden, put a pretty border on it, and it's not near the upkeep or the headache that you have for mowing a lawn. Well, thank but you, Kathleen. That's a that's a good you, suggestion. If your listeners, like me, listen to y'all every morning, every show, you get to learn and put two and two together from the food show, from the show, and you can even listen to Michelle McAdoo with her next stop, Mississippi, and keep you going while you're doing it. That's right. All right, thanks, Kathleen. I appreciate it. You have a okay. great day, and we, we, we thank you for your idea. We're going to move okay. on to John uh, in Nesbitt. Am I right there? What's going on, John? Hey, good morning. Um, I'm looking at doing some flooring in my attic, and mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to call to check to see if there's anything I need to be aware of in terms of you know, covering the insulation. I know I need to be careful not to cover, you know, lines where I might have to get back to it, you know, at some point to make repairs. But is there anything I need to be on the lookout for when I'm flooring the attic space? Well, no. Uh, yeah. yeah. Are you going to use it for storage? Or are you trying to get more storage? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to watch your weight load on, and Jeff can speak to the math on this, but just be careful because your ceiling joist may not be designed for that. And if well, that's the case, you'll have to come in with either bracing. I've seen people do it vertically from the top, Jeff. Well, they'll come in off the rafter and then tie into the joist to try to give it some stability. You know, nothing nothing upsets me more than to see a homeowner use their attic as mini storage. And I, I put in, I put storing stuff in your attic and a disposal in the same <laughs> paragraph. <laughs> Don't do it. Why and is it, that, Jeff? You're on the bad you're, list, John. You're on the you're, bad list. Your, your attic is not designed as a mini storage. It is designed for your mechanicals. That that's 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 what we design them for. Now, we will put a little bit of flooring over the garage where the pull downstairs are go up there and put a christmas tree and a few a few ornaments but um please don't go up there and just see how much stuff you can stuff in that attic and another thing that you want to be careful for i want to answer your question i'll get my opinion out of the way and answer your question you have wires running everywhere up there right it's a spider web of wires be careful when you put that deck in when you put that decking down, that you do not pinch a wire or run a nail through a wire. That's uh, that's some pretty solid advice there, John. That's exactly what I'm looking for, and, and I like him. You know, I, I, I'm still trying to 
hope my wife's not listening, trying to get her to get rid of a lot of stuff that uh, doesn't need to be stored. But, you know, we're just looking for a small space to do exactly what he I got does. you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't mean to be rude. Of no, course, go up in your, you go, go up Jeff in your screen. attic right. and, 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 <laughs> and uh, you know, store, store a Christmas tree, store some light items, but um, it's just not worth it because every time you go up there, you're climbing over ductwork, you're bending it, you're ripping the insulation right. off of it. Hey, John, so, I- I want to warn you of something else. I, I, I have done this improperly also. Um, and I will tell you, one thing you don't think about is that the 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 sheets of wood that you get are four by eight. And you really got to think about that before you start going yep. up there and how you're going to move around. Because it's, well, it's not like you can just turn. And let me let me speak to the person who's going to put it up there anyway. <laughs> you know, regardless of all the reasons you shouldn't. Person who's going to do that, what you do is you go down to the big box store and you tell the guys over in the contractors thing that you want your four by eights cut into two by fours, two feet by four feet. And then now you've got your decking, depending on what you, if you're 24, I don't know if you're on 24 centers or whatever. Right. But that way you're not trying to get or cut, trying to cut a piece of plywood is not easy. No. But you can t- you can ask it before you ever get them, and they've got this marvelous machine that just rips those things up to whatever dimensions yep. you need, and then you can get it. You can get it up there, and I always tell my clients, you know, because they're going to use the the stuff over their garage for storage. I was like, why don't you build stairs? Just find a place to put you some stairs in there, because more people get hurt on those crazy pull down attic stairs. Those things are dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, they so, are. yeah, you start carrying stuff of those, you're just asking for a hospital visit. Is there a scene about that in Christmas vacation or something like that? Something. <laughs> <laughs> no. But do make sure, John, if you're going to do that, I would really kind of research at what what is the depth of your your ceiling joist or and then your rafters, because if you don't, you start putting a bunch of stuff up there that's not designed for a live load, you're going to have another problem on your hands when all that stuff comes falling in. Yeah, we, I don't anticipate it would be used for a lot of heavy stuff. It's just more, you know, the Christmas decorations, the boxes. We have a walk-in attic now, so it makes it a little bit easier just to be able to walk in and just create right. additional space. Right. Yeah, you can do that, but I'd let that box store cut those panels for you. It's a lot easier to bring home and a lot easier to put down. Definitely. All right, John, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Uh, Tell us, you know what, give us a call and tell us how the project worked out. I'll do it. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right, let's keep moving. We're going to go to uh, Hubert and Jackson. What's going on, Hubert? Good morning. Good morning. I want to address the man who had the problem with his uh, fellow window. Yes, sir. I have casement fellow windows in my house, and uh, I would suggest that he just replace the sash and leave the frame there. The sash is very easy to take out. Take out a couple of screws and so forth. And just buy the sash and put it in yourself. Really? Well, yeah, but, but if you'll remember, he said the, the window seal was also rotten. Oh. So now, so now I'm putting in a new sash and a rotten frame. Yeah, he may have a water issue that is, you know, causing it to run out pretty quick. 
Well, I don't. Uh, I don't know where where he would have a wooden sill on a, a fellow window. Okay, I did. I, I've replaced several of them. They are definitely wood. You all, all your older fellows are wood. Good enough. Okay. All right. You know, and just to speak to that, too, he probably, I think Jason said that. That's a good point. If he's got water coming at that window, he may want to look at some roof drainage things. Because a pillow, usually, I mean, those are really good windows. It doesn't matter matter how good the window is if water is pouring on it. He's probably a stucco situation, I imagine. And, Mm. uh, but... I've, I've replaced I've replaced many many Pella windows. Um, so don't even get me started on Pella. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll leave that there. <clears throat> Let's all be nice. Pella and addicts. All right, I'm be nice. Not no no addicts. No disposals. No garbage disposals. You're no fun, Jeff. Man, <laughs> we don't get to do anything. All right, uh, thanks, Hubert. We appreciate your help. I've got an email here, and uh, I know this sounds crazy, but we did have a little kind of nip in the air a little-ish a couple nights ago. You know, it was kind of nice, but uh, we had someone, yeah, and we had someone email and say, okay, it's time to uh, go ahead and get my fireplace ready. So I wanted to go ahead and cover this with you guys. All right, we have a fireplace insert that smokes every single time we use the fireplace. We go yep. to every length to heat the firebox first so the chimney will draw. Once the fire is started, it begins to dwindle in any way smoke comes out of the fireplace. Smoke comes out when we begin the fire. Smoke comes out at times when the fire is going on. But most of the time, and always, smoke comes out when the fire dwindles and is about to go out. The house faces north and gets a north wind off the lake. Wind comes in from the lake over the house and hits the chimney on the other side of the house. Does this have anything to do with it? Please help. Signed, I hate my fireplace. (laughs) Blue's too big. Well, well, and and, Uh, go ahead. uh, Pam, you want me to go? I, I think the flu's too big. Go. Okay, um, that's one opinion. I think you remember the the ten two rule. Um, I, I don't think it's drawing properly. The ten two rule is measure from the from the slope of the roof to the chimney. Find the two foot mark. <clears throat> Excuse me. Find that two foot mark. I'm going to measure horizontal. From the slope of the roof to the edge of the chimney. From that mark, your chimney is supposed to be 10 feet tall from that mark. It's called the 10 and 2 rule. Hmm. If you do not have that, your chimney will not draw properly. Wow. Hey, okay, well, let me say another thing. This is, and, and I do fires all year long, I mean, or during the winter. And let me say, it's Mississippi, folks. Don't put on a fire when it's 63 outside. It's not going to draw. It won't do it. You know, it's just not hot enough for a fire or cold enough for a fire when it's, you know, in the 50s outside. It's just it, it, it's hard to draw. Now, you get a, a real cold night, 30 degrees, and the fire draws right up very easily. But uh, but when 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 your house and the outside are close in temperature, it's it's hardly going to draw at all, you know. Jeff? Please do, baby. 
Flu's too big, right? Flu's too big. <laughs> okay. There's a couple of different opinions there. Go and do what that what you will there. All right. Uh, it's time for our uh, last break of the hour, but there's still time to get your DIY questions answered. Call the show at 877-MPB-RING. Stay tuned. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with uh, Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. So uh, we were talking a few moments ago about uh, about a fireplace, a chimney, and had a couple of different answers. I've got another uh, question here for you guys from email that got in recently. Okay. Recently got one of those digital thermostats to be able to control from the app of my phone. When I went to install it, I took the old thermostat off the wall and noticed in the user guide that the new digital thermostat requires a, quote, C, like the the letter C, wire for it to function properly. However, there is no C-wire on the panel. Is this something anyone can install? I have essentially no experience here. If not, who would I call? So what do you guys think? Any thoughts on a C-wire? Well, uh, I know um, Jeff knows because we talked about I know this Jeff knows. <laughs> okay. Jeff knows because we checked. He, he asked his HVAC person about that C-wire. Ah, and I, I think it was a tie-in. Where did he go? I, he's got the well, we're just going to have to get back to him. All right, number call. No, okay. I'm sorry, I was muted. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah. What What is that C wire for, Pam? I forget. I know. We We talked about that. Yeah, it's the second person who's emailed about the C wire on the thermostat. Hold on. All right, so uh, Pam is going to do the the official googling for uh, Fix It One Hundred and One. The C wire Okay, Phone a friend. C-wire, if your system doesn't have a C-wire, <laughs> you'll need to run a new cable from your furnace to your thermostat to install most of the modern smart thermostat models. Yeah, That's what it, it says? That's what it says. That's what Google says. Hey, uh, uh, Jeff, go to your uh, HVAC guy and see if he can get a workaround for us real quick. <laughs> um, I, I, he can. I know he can. Of course he can. Okay. Uh, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. So uh, the thoughts, by the way, I wanted to let you guys know earlier in the show, uh, usually I I ask what you guys are doing for the weekend, then I'll let you know what I did on the weekend. I did want to say, we're at the end of the show here, one of the things that I did this weekend, I, I didn't fix anything, but I definitely uh, taught something. I had to take my daughter car shopping. And uh, yeah, I know. It's a thing. I saw that. I saw that on Facebook. And Sorry, man. <laughs> man, it, it is it is something that you know, and and it's so weird because I prepared her. I I got her ready. I mean, we ate good breakfast that morning. I'm like, look, get ready. The next four hours are going to be a journey and uh, a war of epic proportions. You know, 
And so we got, I mean, we go to the to, to the car place, and of course, the guy's got to be a complete and utter gentleman, and completely crushed me. I had a we had a completely perfect experience, and it, it's like took you know thirty minutes to buy a car. We're out of there, and I'm all like, "That's." I promise you, it used to be worse. Really, uh, I was going to I was going to teach her the experience, and then I got a good car salesperson. Hey, I, I phoned a friend on the C wire. Okay, there, there's no shortcut. You've got to run it. You have to run a C wire from the furnace. Oh wow! So, yep. Okay, so uh, there's no skipping out on that. You're going to have to run a wire just to there's get no- a modern thermostat with like a one of the app controlled thermostats. Will need a C wire. And uh, when would you say those started being installed in homes? Oh, I'm sure we're putting them in our new ones. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Must have been a new thing in the past few years. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.